Good morning. Grace and peace to you from the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to this time of worship at Faith Community United Methodist Church on this Ascension Sunday. Uh, last Sunday, of course, we had Mother's Day and we had the uh, carnations for Mother's Day, and those were beautiful. And we'll have more coming up on Father's Day. So uh, keep uh, a watch in the in the bulletin and in the newsletter for uh, ordering your Father's Day carnations in the coming weeks. I uh, thank you for continuing to wear your masks this morning. Uh, I got the email out yesterday. Most of you got it. Some of you might not have, but uh, we, we do need to uh, continue with our current protocols for, for at least the next few weeks uh, until our administrative board has had an opportunity to meet and to discuss uh, what our new procedures are going to be, given the fact that the, the state uh, health orders are going to be lifted in a few weeks. We, uh, I, I would like to hear from, from you of, of your opinions, and especially if there are folks here who feel like uh, if we drop the mask mandate, if we open up all the pews, then I'm not going to feel like I can come to in-person worship anymore. If that's the case for you, I'd like to hear uh, from you about that. And my, my email address is on the front of the bulletin, so I'd encourage you uh, to, to email me. Uh, you, we are going to be discussing this at our administrative board meeting, as I mentioned, so you can talk to members of the administrative board as well with your thoughts as we uh, look at what our new procedures are going to be uh, as we move into this new time. We are uh, here to worship our Lord and Savior today, and so I invite you to an attitude of worship. I invite you to stand as you are able for the call to worship. Risen with Christ, let us seek the realities of the Spirit. Our Our life life is is hidden hidden with Christ Christ in God. God. He who descended is also ascended far above the heavens, that he might fill all things. When When Christ, Christ, our our life, appears, appears, we shall appear with him in glory. Alleluia. Our opening hymn this morning is Crown Him with Many Crowns. In your hymnal, it's number 327, and I think it's going to be on the screens as well.
You may be seated, and if you would join me in our opening prayer, which is printed in your bulletin and on the screens, let us pray. O God, the King of glory, you have exalted your only Son, Jesus Christ, with great triumph to your kingdom in heaven. Do not leave us comfortless, but send us your Holy Spirit to strengthen us and exalt us to that place where our Savior Christ has gone before, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God in glory everlasting. Amen. If you uh, watch the, the slides on Sunday mornings that show the calendar for the coming week, something that you'll see every week, uh, on Thursday is the prayer shawl ministry, and uh, that is a group of people that come together every week to uh, to knit or crochet or I don't know the technical terms, all of the different things that they do with these beautiful shawls, uh, making these beautiful shawls, and uh, these are blessed and then given to people uh, who are going through uh, perhaps difficult times and need to be reminded of the church community that is surrounding them with love, of uh, God that is surrounding them with love. And uh, so I, I would like to just recognize those who, who do uh, knit these. If, if you are part of the prayer shawl ministry, if you would just stand where you are as we bless these prayer shawls. Thank you. Thank you. And let us, let us pray God's blessing on these shawls. Lord, we thank you for your amazing love that showers us, that wraps us in comfort. We thank you for the people of this congregation that give of their time and their talents to, to make these prayer shawls. We pray your blessing upon them. We pray your blessing upon these shawls. We pray your blessing upon all who receive them, that as they receive these, they would know that there is a God of love watching over them, that they would know that there is a community of faith and of love surrounding them with prayer. Lord, would you bless everyone who receives one of these shawls to know your amazing grace and to feel that grace washing over them as they wrap themselves in these, love, in these loving shawls. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 
I invite you now to uh, remain seated and pray and, and join me in our prayer hymn, which is There's Something About That Name. We're going to sing it twice through. Jesus, there is something about that name. The one who loves us, the one who saves us, the one who is with us through all of our trials, who strengthens us against all temptation, who forgives us every time we fail, every time we fall into sin, yet you are there to forgive to restore us to your presence. Thank you, Lord, for walking with us all along the way. Lord, we praise your holy and your exalted name this day as we acknowledge that you are Lord of our lives. You are Lord of this church. You are Lord of all creation. And so we seek to turn ourselves over to you fully, Lord, 
that you might take each moment of our lives and use it to your glory. Lord, we lift to you all those who are going through trials right now. For those who are ill, we ask for your healing grace. For those who are struggling spiritually, emotionally, we ask for your peace to reign upon them. For those who are uncertain about the future, we pray for you to reveal your will and your plan for them. For each one of us, that you might work through us for the good of others, and for your own glory. We thank you for this church family, that we can come together and be built up in faith, built up in love. We thank you for your call that you have placed upon us to be your disciples. We offer ourselves to you in prayer and in worship and in all of our lives, in union with Jesus Christ, who is our Lord, our Master, our Savior. And it is in his name that we offer our prayers as we pray to you now the words that he teaches us to pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
Thanks, ladies. It is our custom, if you are able to stand while we read the gospel, and the gospel lesson this morning comes from Luke chapter 24, 44 through 53. It is printed in your bulletin if you want to follow. Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures, and he said to them, Thus it is written that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day and that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And see, I am sending upon you what my Father promised. So stay here in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. The Ascension of Jesus. Then he led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he was blessing them, he withdrew from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and they were continually in the temple blessing God. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Today we are celebrating Ascension Sunday. Technically, this past Thursday was the Feast of the Ascension. That's the day that we in the church remember Jesus ascending into heaven in the presence of his disciples. The Feast of the Ascension is always on a Thursday. It's the 40th day of Easter. And that's because in the book of Acts, chapter 1, just before describing Jesus ascending into heaven, the author says that the risen Christ presented himself alive to the disciples by many convincing proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. So Jesus appeared to his disciples following the resurrection in bodily form for a period of 40 days before ascending into heaven. Not that you would know that from the ending of Luke's gospel that we just read. Our passage there begins at Luke 24, 44, which starts out, Then Jesus said to them, Now with no other transition than this, then he said to them, You would assume that this is a continuation of the conversation which had already been going on. But it's not. If you look back at the rest of Luke chapter 24, all of it up to this point has taken place on Easter Sunday. First, it tells about the women going early in the morning and finding the tomb empty. Then they went and told the disciples who didn't believe them. But Peter got up and ran to the tomb to see for himself. And then Luke tells about two disciples walking along the road to Emmaus when the risen Christ appeared walking with them. Luke specifies that this was on the same day, that is Easter Sunday. Jesus walked and talked with his disciples for for quite some time before they recognized him, which they finally recognized him only when he took the bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to them, just as he had done three nights before in the upper room. 
Then immediately he vanished from sight, and they ran back to Jerusalem to tell the other disciples, only to discover that Jesus had already also appeared to Peter. As they were talking about all of these things, Jesus appeared standing there among them and said, Peace be with you. He spoke with them some more. He showed them his hands and his side, and then he asked if they had anything to eat. Verses 42 and 43 say they gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it in their presence. All of that, all 43 verses of it, had taken place on that first Easter Sunday. And then the next verse, verse 44, starts off, Then he said to them, he teaches them how all of the scriptures pointed to what had been fulfilled in him and about the forgiveness of sins and and proclaiming his name to the nations and about waiting in Jerusalem for what had been promised by the Father until they have been clothed with power from on high. Then he led them out to Bethany where he blessed them and they saw him ascend into heaven. With no other indication in that passage of the passage of time, but just the word then used twice in the passage, it sounds as if this is all a continuation of Easter. But in the book of Acts, which was also written by the very same person who wrote the Gospel of Luke, He lets us in on this little fact that this part of the story took place 40 days later. The reason, I believe, that Luke didn't mention anything in the gospel about that 40-day passage of time is that from a theological standpoint, the ascension is, in fact, a continuation of Easter. What I mean by that is this, the resurrection of Jesus from the grave And the ascension of Jesus into heaven are two ends of the same story. Hence, they are presented in Luke chapter 24 as one story, because they are one story. You have to take the two parts together to understand what they truly mean. And what they truly mean, when taken together, is this. Jesus Christ has defeated death, He has overcome this world, and he now reigns from on high over this world. With only the stories of the resurrection, we know that Christ has defeated death. That's a wonderful thing. That is the foundation of our faith. But as long as the risen Christ was walking around on this planet in human form, the power of God shown forth in the resurrection was still limited just within him. What would that say about the world in which I live? What would it have to do with me? But because of his ascension into heaven, which completes the story, the resurrection of Jesus is no longer confined by time and space, but becomes accessible to all. Because of his ascension into heaven... Because, as the Bible puts it poetically, he is seated at the right hand of the Father. Because he now reigns from on high, we know that the power of God shown forth in the resurrection of Jesus from the grave is the same power that controls this world in which we now live. That that we live in a new creation which is ruled over by the very one who conquered and redeemed the old creation. 
It is by the ascension of Jesus that we know him to be Lord of all creation. When the Bible talks about heaven, it's not talking about a place far, far away. When the Bible says that that God is in heaven, it does not intend that God is distant and disconnected from the things here on earth. Rather, heaven is the realm from which the affairs on earth are ordered. The, The psalmist talks about the fact that there is nowhere he can go where he can escape from God. God is everywhere. To say that Jesus ascended into heaven is to say the same thing of him. Jesus Christ is everywhere. His living presence is with us wherever we go. His resurrection power is close at hand. To say that he reigns from on high is to say that he reigns at all places and in all times. There isn't any place in this world that is beyond his touch. There isn't any event in history that is apart from his sovereignty. There isn't any person that is outside of his grace. Now, you can still reject his grace. That that goes back to last week's sermon. But his love is still with you no matter where you are in life. That is the good news which we can proclaim only because Jesus has ascended to heaven. In both the gospel and in Acts, Luke reports that just before being lifted into heaven, Jesus commanded his disciples to wait in Jerusalem for something that would take place there very soon. In Acts, he says, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. In Luke, he says, you will be clothed with power from on high. In both, he says that this is the promise of the Father, something that God had promised would happen, and they were to wait in Jerusalem until that promise was fulfilled. He was talking, of course, about what would happen on the day of Pentecost, ten days later, when the Holy Spirit would descend upon all the believers gathered together. The Holy Spirit would appear as tongues of fire above all of their heads. They would proclaim the message of Jesus in languages they didn't even know. Each of them would be filled with the immediate presence and power of God. The Gospel of John also reports Jesus making this promise. But there, it wasn't right before his ascension. In John's gospel, it was in Jesus' farewell discourse, the same evening as the Last Supper. While preparing the disciples for the events that were about to come, Jesus said, beginning at John 16, 5, But now I am going to him who sent me. Yet none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your hearts. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. The advocate, of course, the paraclete in Greek, is the Holy Spirit. When Jesus was teaching the disciples that night, in the upper room. He was trying to prepare them for his arrest and his crucifixion. He was going to be taken away from them in chains. He was going to depart from them in death. 
But there was more to it than even that. It was more than just his death and resurrection that had to happen before the paraclete could come. It was also his ascension. When Jesus said, I am going to him who sent me, he wasn't talking about death. He was talking about his ascension. What Jesus meant on Maundy Thursday is not what would happen on Good Friday, but what would happen six weeks later on Ascension Thursday. It was not in his death, nor even in his resurrection, but only in his ascension that Jesus returned to the Father who sent him. And just as he predicted before his death, his disciples would not want to let him go. And who could blame them? After the terror and torment of the crucifixion, they had Jesus back with them, again, in the flesh. They could see him, they they could touch him, they could hear his audible voice. What a joy it was, not only to know that he is alive, but to have him physically in their presence. What a reassurance, what comfort. But it couldn't stay that way forever. I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away, Jesus had told them six weeks earlier. I'm sure they didn't feel that way at the moment. I'm sure that they would have said, no, Jesus, it's to our advantage to keep you here with us, to have his bodily presence with them forever. Acts 1 tells us that as they were watching, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going and they were gazing up toward heaven, suddenly two men in white robes stood by them. They said, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up toward heaven? That is perhaps the silliest question in all of scripture. Why were they standing looking towards heaven? Did you not see what just happened? Jesus, their their master, their friend, the one to whom they had pledged their lives, who had just six weeks earlier been brutally crucified, who who was then resurrected and appeared to them alive along the road and behind locked doors, the one who opened their minds to all of the scriptures and how everything pointed to him, the one who was all their hope, the one who meant everything to them. He was just lifted up into heaven on a cloud. Where else would they be looking? But of course, what Jesus wanted them to understand, what he had told them six weeks earlier, and what he repeated right before departing into heaven, is that there was something even better than his physical presence. Because though he would no longer be with them in bodily form, very soon and forevermore, he would be with them in an even more direct, an even more personal, an even more powerful way than they could imagine. He would fill them with the Holy Spirit. Which one would we choose if we were given the choice? I mean, we're not given the choice, but, but if we were, if we could choose to have Jesus standing here physically in the room with us, would we want that? 
I think it'd be pretty cool. But if it meant that we couldn't have his Holy Spirit within us, we couldn't be filled to overflowing by his holy presence within us if he was standing there in front of us. Jesus would once again be contained by time and space. He, he would not be reigning in ultimate power over the world. He would be limited by the confines of the world. I tell you the truth, Jesus said, it is for your own good that I go away. And he really meant it. It is for our benefit that he returned to the Father in heaven. Because now we know that no matter what, he is on the throne. No matter how uncertain our days may be, he is on the throne. No matter how much turmoil we see going on in this world, Jesus is on the throne. No matter how mixed up and messed up things get around here from our limited perspective, we need not worry. We need not despair. We need not question the ultimate outcome of things because Jesus is on the throne. Because of his ascension into heaven, we can rest assured that Jesus is Lord everywhere and always. So no, I I wouldn't trade that in. I wouldn't give up the gift of the Holy Spirit. God filling me, measly little me, with his presence and his power, filling me and empowering me at all times and in all places. A gift that is poured out upon me. A gift that is poured out upon everyone who truly believes because Jesus, risen, triumphant and victorious, is ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. All glory and honor be given unto him, our risen and ascended King. Amen. I invite you now to stand as you're able for our closing hymn, which is uh, number 154 in the hymnals, All Hail the Power of Jesus' Name. We're going to sing verses 1, 2, 4, and 6.
go from this place knowing that he is indeed Lord of all, at all times and everywhere, and you are secure in his grace. In the name of God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.